how these institutions preserve their status and how they preserve their wealth. And so I'm going to go back real quick on a story about... Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the Gentleman's Atlas podcast, where we focus on giving you the tools and resources to become the hero of your story. I'm your host, Isaac, and today's honest and authentic conversation is exactly what you need to hear to live life on your terms. So without wasting any time, let's go ahead and get right into today's episode. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, gentlemen, to another episode on the Gentleman's Atlas podcast. Thank you all for tuning in today. And today's episode is going to be one where we talk about institutional wealth and the circulation of power. Now, to give a brief overview of what this is, institutions are big organizations, big companies that have big influence in maybe one sector or several industries themselves. They're, they're, again, these companies, these institutions that have powers in certain realms, right? They have a lot of power, influence, those go hand in hand. Circulation of power is going to be in regards to how wealth manages things that operate in our world and how things are affected by these institutions that create the circulation. So the reason for this episode is that it's important to understand that we see a lot of things on the micro level and micro means, you know, small. It means on this sort of one dimensional lens, we kind of see, you know, you go to work, you get paid, you get a paycheck, you see taxes, you see social security, Medicare, Medicaid, you see all these programs going around uh, and you see this happening all around you. This is what we see. And we see it as the day to day on the macro lens, there's a different kind of circulation. There's a circulation of how people in power can create policies and rules and laws and systems to maintain their wealth and to circulate that kind of power, right? People, especially the government, as well as people with a lot of money, they don't make rules to help the poor. They make rules to help themselves. And it's not that I'm saying there's something wrong with that, because again, if you had the opportunity, would you help yourself or someone else? If you need the help, a lot of people would help themselves. That's just the selfish tendencies of human beings as a, as a whole. But what we're talking about here is how these institutions preserve their status and how they preserve their wealth. And so I'm going to go back real quick on a story about there was this house. And so a lot of times in former places, especially in the old world or the Eastern world, there was these things known as houses, which were the households of some, and some were very famous. And one of those houses was the house of the Medici, which existed in Italy during the Renaissance period. Now this house controlled Italy for a substantial period of time, lost power and then regained power. But during that time, they had people who would create these work of art. I can't remember. I, I believe it was Michelangelo who um, created something for them. But a lot of these artists and these great names would do things to appease this house, to stay in good terms with them. Even if you go back to the Roman times, you had people like Seneca who sometimes had to appease Nero in order to stay favorable with him and not get killed. And so a lot of times when you're in these positions of, of power, there's a lot of things that shift around you. But what happens is that these houses and the Medici didn't last that long, but there's some names, some houses that have preserved their wealth for a substantial period of time. 
and one of those families is the Rothschilds. They're one of the largest names in banking that many people don't know about, but they've been in banking since the 1100s, right? So 1,100. So over 900 years, they've been in the banking industry, the same family name. And then you look at, I mean, maybe some of you bank with Chase. Maybe some of you have investments accounts at Morgan Stanley. JP Morgan merged with Chase. Morgan Stanley, those Morgans are the same. Morgan Stanley and JP Morgan came from the same name, same family. And now both of their assets under management are around, I can't remember if it's $9 trillion, but their market capitalizations are in the top 100 uh, companies in the world, right? And that's from the same name, right? You have your Rockefellers or your Carnegies who build these grand legacies of wealth on the same industry that they just get into, right? Steel, oil. And these companies or even people that start these companies, they maintain this. And so that's where you get into the difference. And we're not going to get into it in this episode, but you have the difference of making money and generating wealth. You can be rich and have nothing and you can really have not that much income and be wealthy. Because when you have richness, when you have income, you have a lot of money coming in, but that doesn't say anything about how it stays. Because a lot of times people have a lot of money coming in and a lot of it goes out, all of it goes out, even more might go out and they might be in debt. But you have some people that know how to make the money use. And I'm not talking about just putting money into savings. I'm talking about people that buy real estate, they buy companies, they buy assets, they buy art, they buy collectibles, watches, they reinvest um, into other businesses, angel investing, they diversify. And so what they do is they maintain the money by circulating it in other things. And that's how they take benefits. You know, people talk all the times about how the rich avoid taxes. It's not necessarily that, that, that just because they're rich, they avoid taxes it's because they've educated themselves on tax code. I'm pretty sure the tax code from the IRS is between, if I'm not mistaken, 16 to 36 pages on how we get taxed. And I'm pretty sure the whole document's around 650 pages. And the rest of the pages are loop, not loopholes, but they're ways of avoiding taxes or minimizing taxes, some of which we take advantage of, many of which we don't. But how do the rich do it? They make sure that they use these tax codes to minimize their taxable income or their taxable wealth. And so what we have to understand is that there's a bigger game being played by people that understand it. And we don't have to fear it. We don't have to be afraid of how money works, of how money operates, of how people in power operate. We just have to realize that we can become those people as well. We are able to circulate that kind of wealth within ourselves that we can all change. And there's a beautiful, the beautiful part about this is that it's all mindset and information. And we can get the information now that everything's so accessible. We just have to change our mindset. And this is what I tell some people that I've seen go through tough times is that there's a difference between being poor and being broke. Being broke means you have nothing, right? It means you have no money. It means you don't have anything, right? So that's being broke. Being poor is a state of mind. It's in the state of poverty, right? Because poor signifies that you're not good enough to have the money. You're not good enough to acquire things. You're not good enough to be in a comfortable position. And so it keeps you in that same place, right? Because you have these laws 
of manifestation of attraction or whatever you want to believe in that just keep you in those same places, which is why in some communities, you know, Latino communities and the black communities, you have this like, you know, they get out and then they get back in. They can never escape, right? The hood or the favelas, you know, wherever you might come from that comes from these bad areas or the projects. And what happens is in those situations, it's because they don't know how to change their state of minds. They haven't opened their eyes to the possibilities. You know, once you start realizing what's possible, things start changing. But if you never realize what's possible, well, how can you ever change your ways if you're always stuck in the same patterns of thinking? And so what this goes on to say is instead of being so worried about the people that have so much or that are so comfortable and stuff like that, start studying how they do it. Start studying you know, what the World Bank does and the Central Bank does and the Federal Reserve and how you know, there's organizations. Study how they've moved money legally, I'm not talking about illegal stuff, through offshore accounts, through other countries that reduces their chance of money being stolen or fraud, identity theft, or if something happens in a country or if a bank fails, or now that you have all these scandals going on with FTX, right? People that have money in FTX, and this is a cryptocurrency exchange platform, they're losing their money. They might not get it back even after the all the stuff happens in court, which could take up to 10 years before anyone sees a dime of their money. And so my point is, is that you have to be smart. You have to educate yourself so that way you can know how to move as these people do. And the beautiful thing about it is that now, again, we have all this information. We have the resources present. But again, it starts with you. It starts with taking responsibility and accountability for your life to put these to good use. So that way you can change how you move in the world. So institutional wealth, again, and I also want to bring something to your attention. It's much bigger than you think because it's not only financial institutions like your JP Morgan or like your Blackstone or your BlackRock or your Vanguard, but it's also industries like Big Pharma who make so much money from medicine that they can lobby politicians, right? A lot of projects are funded by Big Pharma but they're funded because it serves the interest of big pharma. And so what you have to get is that everything can be influenced by these people. BlackRock, an organization, a financial institution who invests a substantial amount of money, they inclusively, it's either Blackstone or BlackRock. Both of them did major investments. One bought up an entire housing section for a university for to make it student housing, an entire section around the university Again, money-making opportunity. The other organization bought up, I believe it was around $1.5 billion worth of houses, single-family units around the U.S. and perhaps the U.K. that once the market rebounds, they'll be able to flip. So they own them and then they can give them to realtors, sell it again to the people or rent it out and bring in additional income. They also, I think this one's BlackRock, if you look at their holdings across all news agencies, they own about 40% of all news agencies. And again, fact check me on this. You can look this up for yourself, see what the numbers are. But if you look under their, if you look at their assets under management and you look at their holdings, you can see that they control, again, 40% of all major news outcomes, like Fox, CNN, these kinds of NBC, all these news agencies all have ownership stake or BlackRock has ownership stake in all of these. So you have to ask yourself, 
and you can't be blinded by what you think you already know and not let it see the truth, right? You have to be able to start realizing that things, the world itself might not operate in the way we used to think. The world operates in a very manner of circulation of the same few people benefiting and reaping the same few things. But instead of hating it, why not learn from it? Again, it goes back to this point. Our anger is misplaced. Our, we're misdirected. We're misguided because we think we have to take others down in order to win. But in reality, we can all win through this idea of competition. No, I'm not saying that it's not that it's going to be easy, that it's cakewalk, that you can just shift your mindset and tomorrow you're a millionaire. But what it does is you start going on this path where at least you start realizing that if you do good, you work hard, but more importantly, you work smart and effectively and you take advantage of situations and opportunities that arise and you press those advantages, you can make it to a place that you want to in this world. You have to first start with you and then you look how to scale. Because what happens is you have to get the, what takes you from five figures to six figures might be hard work, but hard work only goes so far. And you can't just work more hours to go from six figures to seven figures. And you definitely can't just work more hours to get from seven to eight figures, eight to nine figures. Now, again, whatever your goals are, that's up to you. And that's for you to decide. But the way you get there, if it's not working your way, don't be so caught up and stubborn in your old ways that you're unwilling to change. Remember this, your values never change unless you feel that you need to shift that identity. You keep your values, you upheld your values, you uphold your values, you keep them close, you keep them protected, and you keep them at the forefront of what you do. But the way that you do things, don't get caught up in those. Let those change. Let those be adapted, modified, and even replaced. Because what got you to where you are today probably and really just isn't what's going to get you to where you want to be tomorrow. You look at someone with strategy, The Art of War by Sun Tzu, right? He talks about this idea that a general who stays in his old ways of patterns of fighting will lose future battles because future battles won't be the same as the previous battle. You have to be able to adapt because the ground is always shifting beneath our feet and we can either move with it or we can stay in the same place and watch ourselves in a place that we never wanted to be. Gentlemen, this is going to do it for this episode. Thank you all for tuning in. I appreciate your time. You know how we close it off. Wink it, we so wink it. He conquers who conquers himself. That's all for today's episode on the Gentleman's Atlas podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and share this episode with someone who needs to hear this message. If you are serious about taking your life to the next level, visit our website, www.thegentlemansatlas.com for all our services, previous content, and full episode transcripts. We greatly appreciate your support and we're excited to see you in the next episode.